If you're an ambitious business owner ready to think big, rewrite your own rules and take action to skyrocket your business know-how, your profit, your cash flow, and most importantly, your free time, then this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Simply Smarter Numbers podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Waterson. I'm a business profit coach helping business owners just like you make more profit and take back their time. So hit subscribe now and let's dive in. In a chance meeting online in a large and busy Facebook group about 18 months ago, I met today's guest, Simran Singh. Simran is an ex-lawyer turned marketing expert. She's intelligent, she's articulate, and she knows her marketing stuff. Simran and I are walking through her seven steps to growing a big business when you've only got a small following. So no, size isn't everything and today Simran spells out exactly what we should be doing and she's spelling it out for us in detail. So let's jump into it. So welcome to the podcast, Simran. Hello, I am so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm equally excited to have you on the podcast. As a marketing and strategist, I feel as though you have a lot that you could offer my audience. And I think the hardest part for us was going and breaking it down and saying, okay, well, which piece of your wisdom are we going to share with the audience today? And we've come up with what I think is a really good topic that we're going to discuss, which I will get to in a moment. But before we do, could you give us all a little bit of an insight into who you are, where you're from and what your business is? Yay, I'd love to. So my name is Simran and I am a marketing and business coach. I help new coaches start and grow an online business and really build out the foundations that will set them up for long-term growth and get them to that freedom lifestyle, I guess, that we are all uh, seeking. Um, I started my online business as a side hustle about a year and a half ago, I would say. And um, I come from a corporate background. So I started my working life as a lawyer before transitioning into marketing about eight years ago. Now, I have been wanting to start an online business for about <laughs> embarrassingly 15 to 20 years. But wow, that's a long time. It's a long time. I think it says a lot about my age too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly I didn't know how to translate my corporate skills into a in-demand service online. So a couple of years ago, I just bit the bullet and thought, you know what, enough is enough. I have to just start. So I started by doing what I know, which is marketing for law firms. So I was uh, I was a consultant for boutique law firms and really building and implementing their marketing strategy. But what I found was I maxed out my capacity very quickly but what I was finding that it, it just wasn't my passion. Um, yeah, and you're right, you know, that can happen. It, just because you know how to teach something and you understand something doesn't mean it's your necessarily going to be your thing forever. Exactly. exactly. Mm. But the great thing about just diving in for me was that it allowed me to explore 
what the online world was. And that was really how I was introduced to coaching. And truth be told, I had no clue what coaching was when I was working in corporate. So by just diving in, I learned so much and I was able to find my gem. So I quickly pivoted into coaching and that is where I am today. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. It's really interesting though. How does a lawyer become a marketing expert? Like is marketing just something that you felt just naturally kind of resonated with you? So I I was I started life as a lawyer, but I knew from when I was even at university that it just wasn't what it wasn't yeah. fulfilling me in any way. So I moved into marketing, but after doing some further study, uh, I studied a Master of Arts in Communication and then I moved into marketing and it was a really nice balance between law and marketing. They really complemented each other very well uh, because I wanted to stay within the legal industry as well. Uh, So it was, it, it does seem like it's quite uh, they're very different uh, in their scopes, but they really work harmoniously together ultimately. And I didn't really want to just give up my law degree. It took me five years, for God's yeah, sake, to get that law degree. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not. I have you don't want to throw it away. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. No, I can understand that completely. I actually spent a lot of years getting my accounting degree and and my CPA and all of that sort of thing. But always knowing that it wasn't really anything that really lit me up. The actual accounting, the tax accounting world never lit me up. It was just that it was well-paying positions were available. Their jobs were um, in demand, you know, accountants were in demand and I could get paid well. I could work the hours I wanted to work, bringing up young kids and all that sort of thing. We actually have an accounting business, so we, we... um, own a business. We've grown a really large accounting business, which is as an aside to my exist, my current Simply Smarter Numbers business. Mm. So I'm very much still in that world, but I understand what you mean though when you say it was just kind of never really lit you up. Yes. Yeah. But, but also not wanting to let it entirely go. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, it's, you know, what's logically what's good for you. Don't you? Exactly. Mm. And I think that's the thing when it comes to starting a business as well. There are kind of two ways to start. You can go down the passion route or you can go down the skill route. But for me, I didn't really know my passion. (laughs) I didn't know what I would want to start a business around. So it made sense for me to start doing what I know and then finding my passion along the way. Evolve from there. Exactly. Uh, yes, that's great. So, do you still today work with uh, in the legal industry as far as you know business coaching for those that are in the legal industry, or are you have you sort of branched out a little bit more now and working with different businesses? Yeah. So I quickly, like I mentioned, I I maxed out my clientele at that point and mm. quite quickly as well because there were very few people who offered that service to boutique law firms. Um, But when I pivoted, that legacy of my previous service has remained. So I often get contacted by lawyers still to today and I make the decision, you know, on the spot whether I decide to work with them 
or whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm a bit busy at this stage and it's probably not something I can take up. So it's really a case-by-case basis, um, but I'm, I, I don't ever want to give up that service altogether because it's my, it's, it's my comfort zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's my mm. hood, you could say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. No, that's great. Well, what we're going to talk about today, and I'm really interested to get your take on all of this, is something that we as online business owners need to deal with at some point, both at a sort of like a, at a mentally and we have to deal with it practically. And that is how do we grow our big businesses with a small following? So, Let's just explore that a little bit. Growing a big business is something that we all want to put our hand up and say, yes, give me a big business. But we all start off with a small following potentially, don't we? Hmm. And that's the thing. Depending on what service you offer, you don't need a large following. Um, There are some services that potentially do require larger followings if you're, depending on what type type of scale your business is at. But you can definitely grow a big business with a small following. Now, small following in adverted commas is relative. So mm. a small following could be 100 people, small following could be 1,000 people. It's all relative to kind of what you believe it is to be. But what's important to remember is that whatever following that you have in place, as long as it's filled with aligned clients uh, and you nurture your that following you will always be able to grow your business and make Mm. money yeah yeah and I think it's a really important thing for people to understand uh, those that are getting into business and starting to grow their businesses that having this small I say with sort of air fingers here this small following isn't something that should hold you back it isn't something that we should allow ourselves to use as an excuse for inaction or for not launching certain services I think it's something that we often hear is the talk about the size of people's followings and looking at those that we perceive to be as um, successful in business and knowing and seeing that they have these huge followings, it can be a bit of a trap for us to fall into. Yes. And that's where they talk about the vanity metrics, um, where people are always chasing the number as opposed to just nurturing the following that you have and building up the confidence that they have in you and the trust that they have in you. Because with a small following, they can be highly engaged, hugely communicative, and you're raving fans, and they will be the people Mm. that buy from you. So that could be one person, it could be five, it could be a thousand. Yeah. And depending on what your actual service offer is, or your online offer is, you don't need hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of clients potentially. No. You only need a few yep. potentially, you know, depending on what it is you're selling and at what price point and what your goals are and so on and so on. But we don't need everybody. We just need good quality people around us, don't we? Yes, as long as they mm. are your target client uh, and you have the ability to connect with them and really solve this problems, you Mm. will be able to grow a big business. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I love that you have given me some steps here that we are going to go through today because I feel like uh, sometimes when we're talking about these things that are hard to wrap our heads around, as in really, can I really grow a big business with a tiny following, with a small following? Well, yes, but let's give everybody some step-by-steps that they can follow or at least make sure that they're implementing in their business on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So your step number one, hit me with it. So step number one is to be persistent, consistent and determined. Now we start really with a mindset piece. Um, I feel as though people hear the word consistent and so often they think it's a buzzword. So they just dismiss it. Um, Mm. But the, the new business owner really doesn't I don't believe, understand the value of consistency until a few months in when they stop and realise the community that they've actually built around them, um, that they've actually been able to create flow in their content and in their business. They've developed solid habits um, and they can actually start to build analytics around their activities. Um, And when I'm talking about persistence and determination, Uh, As business owners, we have to deal with setbacks. It's inevitable. Uh, We deal with failures. We deal with challenges. But it's about moving through them and being able to move forward regardless. And when you put all of those combined, the persistence, the consistency and the determination, that will really help you to develop that long-term business mindset. You need to build a business that does grow. And strengthening these elements will help you to be able to pivot and adapt and maneuver your business. Absolutely. And deal with everything that your business is going to throw at you in the future. Exactly. Mm. And these are all sort of uh, traits that we need to develop as business owners to be able to find that path to success for us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's one of those things that it's almost as if we need that constant reminder that we need to remain consistent and be persistent and be determined. And, you know, it's one of those almost like a mantra we could stick up on our office wall and, you know, every time we're feeling just a little bit like it's all getting too hard or uh, or just I don't want to post today or I just I don't think I want need to, I don't feel like I want to do X or Y or Z today, just having that mantra there to just sort of give us a bit of a slap over the face every now and then to say, okay, well, I I promised I was going to be more consistent and I need to remain determined in order for that to make it, to make that happen. Yes. It's a keep going mantra. You can do Mm. it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. So number two, number I like this one. Yeah. Number two is know who you serve. Mm. Now, I just, a lot of new business owners guess, (laughs) they play the guessing game and then they wonder why their content isn't gaining any traction and they aren't building that community. Um, Mm. It just makes selling so much harder, if not impossible, I think, because they aren't hitting the mark with their uh, their communications, with their offers and really how and where they're showing up. So, Once you are actually able to learn about your ideal client and who you serve, you'll realize that everything opens up. Your community will grow because they've attracted, they're more attracted to your content. You can create content that actually 
resonates with your ideal client. You're providing educational content that your audience actually needs. So it helps establish your authority and really helps boost your credibility and trust. Mm, Yeah. Do you have any practical ways that people can sort of work through to sort of start to identify who they really do serve and even who they want to serve? Yeah, so it it does start with knowing who it is that you want to serve and Mm. then getting in and speaking to your ideal client. So getting into Facebook groups where your ideal client hangs out and engage with them directly or just have a look at conversations that are taking place. Um, It's amazing what information you will find about your target audience in a Facebook group. Um, Chat to people in DMs. So get onto Instagram and find your ideal client and then just start a conversation and start recording everything down and you'll really start to build out your ideal client avatar the more that you speak to people. Um, And a tactic that I use is look at accounts that share similar content and have the same ideal client as you and just scroll through the comments on their posts um, and see what they're talking about, see the engagement that's happening uh, over there on that account and Mm. you will find a goldmine of information that will help you really build out your avatar. Yeah, some great insights can be had. I know um, a, a process that I went through early on in my business was to identify a handful of business owners that in my mind were my ideal clients. And I actually um, approached these people and asked them if we could have, you know, an, quite an open conversation and recorded on Zoom. And we had a very open conversation about particular topics, um, you know, financial related topics and the conversations, which I thought would go for about 20 minutes, went for about an hour wow. and they were the most amazing com- conversations. I was able to ask, you know, just questions that I would never even thought about asking, but it was just having that open dialogue with these people. I, I learned so much. And then the, because I had hit record and with their permission, of course, had hit record, I was then able to get it transcribed and use their actual words in my marketing going forward and all of this of course with their permission and not with their names and everything was confidential and so on of course but it's it's really speaking directly to your clients in whichever manner you can make happen it's priceless yeah and it's so powerful like you've just mentioned being able to use the words that Mm. your ideal client is already using that is just incredibly uh valuable and we'll create sort of that stop the scroll, <laughs> which is what yeah. you want. You want your audience to stop the scroll and uh, they're, they're scrolling through a lot of content per day. But if they see something that resonates with them and it stands out to them, they're going to stop and listen. And that's ultimately uh, what you want. And you can do that very easily by understanding their communications and the way they phrase words mm. and terms and you can just replicate it back and boom, the power in that. Yeah, that's great. All right, number three, knowing who you serve is number two. Number three is establishing your authority. Yes, and being mm. known for something. So yeah, we buy 
we all know our own habits. We buy from brands that we trust, from brands that we connect with, and if it's a service-based business, brands that we consider to be experts. So there are really two things to do to build that trust and connection, establishing your authority and being known for something. Um, And we really all want to be the go-to person in our industry. So we need to stamp our claim by positioning ourselves as experts and become the trusted brand. Um, And in the early days, it's so important to get in front of our ideal client and demonstrate to them that we can help solve their problems. Uh, Like I said, that is what will stop the scroll and they will listen if they go, oh, I can see that is actually my problem and you are here to solve it. You've been able to identify what my problem is and you've been able to provide some valuable tips on how I can, uh, how you can solve their problems. Mm, so yeah. I like to actually think of it in this way. The more authority you have on a topic, topic the more you stand out, the more people trust and respect what you have to say. And you know the next step that comes with that? So while we're talking about being known for something, uh, in my world I am beginning to be known as a person, as the go-to person when it comes to pricing for services. Now what you've just said there is we're going and taking what it is that we are well known for and we're putting it out there into the world and that in turn in itself gives you the confidence that you need to actually price yourself and work with value pricing in your business to make sure that you actually get rewarded for it financially as well. So you're not only working and doing the things that you love doing and talking about the things that you love talking about, potentially to the people you love working with, but you're also putting yourself in this beautiful position where you can actually get paid really well for it as well. Love that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it is a confidence booster, isn't it? Um, mm. Knowing your worth and being able to talk about something that you know a lot about because you're, for new business owners, I think they forget the vision. They might be focusing on the sale, whereas yeah. initially in those early days, it's about uh, demonstrating you, that you exist, <laughs> building mm. up that band, brand presence, but also saying why people should listen to you. Um, yeah, and give them a reason to keep coming back. Exactly. And then sort of complementing that with what you're saying, once people start to see just how much you have to offer, you can price yourself accordingly. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, it's a something that we all aspire to, but not something that we are all potentially consistent with, I think. So that, you know, looping back to number one, the mm-hmm. consistency uh, in your decisions that you're making every day to grow your business. And if you decide that to you need to establish your authority and be known for something, decide what that's going to be and be consistent and be persistent with it as well. Yeah. And what's important Mm. to remember when it comes to being known for something is what you're known for today doesn't have to be what you're known for tomorrow. 
It's not yeah, something that's that sticks forever uh, with your brand. Yeah. You can decide that today you are known for one particular thing, but your business will evolve over time. Your ideal clients will evolve as well, which means mm. that you will ultimately change the outlook of your business and what it is that you're known for. So it's not something to get stuck up on. And uh, as it happened with me as well when I first started. It is a learning curve to understand what you are known for. So, you know, when it comes to figuring out what you're known for, have a look at brands in the industry, competitors, who inspires you, even other industries, and see how what they're doing, see what you resonate mm-hmm. with, and then see what makes you different. Your goal is to try and find that gap, that niche area that uh, you can fill. Mm, Yeah, that's good advice. Number four, claiming your space online. Yes. So this is an interesting one. Yeah. So I feel like this is a really nice flow from positioning yourself as an expert and being known for something. So what does it mean by claiming your space online? It means that every piece of your online real estate should clearly say who you serve what you do, yeah, great. how you can help your ideal client and information that makes it so clear to your target audience that you are their go-to gal. So, you know, it could be your website and Instagram. It could be any other space you own online, mm-hmm. but just making it clear what it is you do and claiming that space is yours. Yeah, taking away any of the question marks and making it easy, I suppose, for people to to get it. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And I feel like yeah. a lot of new business owners forget or uh, don't appreciate the value in doing their bio on their Instagram or putting that little bit of extra detail in the services section or the about you section on their website, Um, optimize every single space that you have online so that when people do find you, uh, they'll be able to clearly see that you are their person. Do you know, there's something in what you've just said there, um, something that's like a little bit of a pet hate of mine is when you're in a Facebook group and in a Facebook group, you're typically there as yourself. So I would be there as Jen Waterson, not Simply Smarter Numbers, okay? So that's how Facebook groups work. But And you get to um, – you you have these relationships with people or grow these sort of, you know, relationships with people in Facebook groups and you get to know the people that are commenting a lot and have, like, intelligent things to say. And if you're interested in something that somebody is saying and you click through to check out who they are or what their business is or what their background is, you're only taken to their – personal page which of course gives you no information but on that personal page the uh in the heading part I don't even know what you call it because I'm not into Facebook and stuff like that but there is a space there where you can put you know my business is simply smarter numbers or my website is simply smarter numbers.com or whatever it is just something so that if I'm interested in you and I want to see what it is that you do from a professional perspective, then I, I would love to be able to know what your business name is so I can look you up because otherwise you're just Jen Waterson who is in some random Facebook page, you know, Facebook group talking about random stuff that may not, you know, you don't 
people can't reach out to you if you don't give them an opportunity to. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I am so glad yeah. that you mentioned that actually, the power of the personal uh profile on Facebook. And yeah, that's it. Yes. So you're saying it way more eloquently than me. <laughs> well, there's just so many small areas on the personal Facebook uh your profile that you can mm. slot in so much detail and it will lead people exactly where you want them to go. Uh just yeah. as you're saying. So you can lead them to your Facebook page, you can lead them to your Instagram, you can lead them to your uh um uh, in- website. It has so much detail there that is absolute gold because for those people who are in Facebook groups, and I don't know anyone who doesn't engage in Facebook groups Mm. at all, um, Mm. but you need to be using your personal profile to do it. And I have had the exact same situation that you have as well. You go, they sound so interesting. I'll just head on over to there and check them out. And they don't get any information. You're seeing them on a holiday in Switzerland or you're seeing them swimming at a beach and you're like, but I don't know who you are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Like, what's your business? I want to look you up. You know, it's a wasted opportunity for that particular person and they have no idea. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You're not going to take that extra step to say, no. Fill out your details. I want to know more about you. It's just gone. No, that opportunity that. is lost at that point yeah. for that person. So that is such a good point. Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay, so that's claiming your space online. Is there anything else we've missed there? I think that was that's the main takeaway from mm. for, for that particular uh, step. Yeah, I think it really pays to sometimes walk away from all of your online space and then walk back in one day and look at everything as though you don't know who you are and just, you know, see how it looks. How does it read? Yeah, it's it's a tough one and it's something that we need to keep updated all the time, isn't it? Yeah, I play with my Instagram bio all the time, <laughs> to be honest. Mm. It changes yeah, yeah. all the time. Um, and again, it, it comes back to how you perceive your business, where, what stage you're at in your business, how you're feeling about your business. It's it's Again, it's not a static thing that can never be changed. You mm. can change it whenever you like, just as long as those key details are in there. Yeah, great. Okay, number five, building community. Yes. So this is so, so key for anyone that wants to grow a business. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, one follower or a million followers in your community. If you nurture your community effectively, you will have fans that will not only buy from you, from, from you they'll also tell others about you. So Mm. you want to be focusing on building community. Of course, that is something that should be part of your activity, but it's equally important to remember to nurture your existing community. Uh, So many people get caught up in those vanity metrics and just increasing that follower count, but you have people who may be ready to buy from you right now. They're watching you, but they're just not buying from you because you know, you haven't done anything to make them take that next step. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's a good point. We can often get too caught up in the new fresh leads, the new fresh followers, the new fresh everything, and it's so easy. You work so hard to get the ones that you've already got. Mm. So it's really important not to just leave them hanging. Yes, yes. And you just don't know who's watching you. So I've had clients come to me and 
I haven't spoken to them ever. I have never, I don't know them from a bar of soap, but they say, I've been watching you for months now and now I'm ready to reach out to you. Um, you have an offer, I'm ready to buy from you. And I did not know that they existed prior. They've just been lurking in the background. Yeah. And one day when I was talking about an offer that they were ready to make the sale, um, it's just about knowing that they could be there and always just nurturing that community and not forgetting them and leaving them sitting idly. Yeah, we were talking about this before we jumped on and started recording and it is so true. The number of people that come to us and work with us that we have potentially never heard of before but have been following us online in one way or another for an extended period of time. Now, these are not necessarily the people that are liking everything or commenting on everything that you do, but they're still watching, you know, and it's it's important not to lose sight of that fact that there are potentially people out there that don't like stuff. Like I know for a long time um, before I really got into Instagram or even LinkedIn when I was on that a lot, I would never like somebody's stuff, but I would definitely always follow them. It kind of sounds a bit creepy, you know, like somebody following you away in the background there, but not ever sort of showing their face. But some of us are just like that. Yep. Yeah, and, and we're no less a potential client for that fact. But I guess that's the point, isn't it? Is we just need to assume that there are people there because there will be people there. Exactly. And then when they're ready, at whatever stage they're at, you are there with the right offers, with the right mm. community. You've nurtured that relationship without even realizing it. Um, yeah. And they are—they have that confidence and trust in you, and then they're prepared to buy from you. Hmm. Yeah, it's an—it's an extraordinary phenomenon that until you experience it, you really tr- kind of don't really believe it that it happens. Mm-hmm. But it does. It happens. It, so yeah, yeah it it's worth—it's worth considering. Don't forget the audience that you already have. Exactly, and it's so true that you know we definitely have to be connecting and engaging and talking to our audience, but there's a large part of our audience that we're not talking to but are still watching us. Mm. Uh, so continue sharing your story, continue sharing that valuable content um, and when they're ready, your community will reach out to you. Yeah, yeah, really important advice. Okay, number six, creating traffic flow. Yes, so this is a really important one that I did not understand when I first started my business. Just hands in the air, I completely just bowed down to the fact that I didn't really understand what creating traffic flow meant. Mm -hmm. So what we don't want is for people to sit idly on our social media. They follow us, they might engage, we might even be DMing them, but our goal is to move our audience off socials and onto platforms that we own. So an email list. Um, Now there's two parts of why this is important. First of all, we don't own our social channels. So at any point, Facebook could block us. Instagram could just delete our account. And if we have Mm. our entire following sitting on that Instagram account, we will have to start from scratch. And number two, by moving them along, we are developing the relationship further with our target audience. We're building 
that confidence that they have in us and moving them closer to that sale. So they can only get to know us at one level on socials to really go deeper, to nurture the relationship further with our ideal client and ultimately for them to buy from us we need to keep the traffic uh, moving along. Yeah, it's so, that's a really good one. And I think I know that that's where I let myself down. I'm really bad at, um, you know, getting people over onto my email list. It definitely happens and it happens quite naturally, but I put zero effort into making it happen. Mm-hmm. It, and it's perhaps just like a little bit of laziness or something. I'm not sure what it is on my behalf, but I don't make it happen and unless you force it and let people know that there is this other place that they can go to they're not you're going to lose a lot of people and you're not going to necessarily uh, reap the rewards that you could have otherwise so I I know that personally that's one of my weaknesses Mm -hmm. yeah I I do feel as though that was that's the same for a lot of new business owners they're so focused on building that following on Instagram and doing all of the things that they need to do on socials that they either forget or they don't know how to move their ideal client onto the next stage. So whether that's Mm. through uh, an opt-in, so a freebie or a video training or something, um, it provides them with a higher transformation, more value. Um, And that's the key. That's the hook that that you ultimately uh, want to be providing for them to move through that journey further. Um, And it's called the customer journey. So we can go through, they start as a cold, they don't know you from a bar of soap. And the more they get to know you and trust you and have that confidence in you, uh, they'll go from cold to warm to hot. And as they warm up, (laughs) they will more likely buy from you. Mm, Yeah. And it's actually gives you a really good opportunity. I know uh, I've had some great conversations with people that have come over onto my email list and have hit reply to um, the emails that I've sent out, which again, another thing I'm really slack at doing is being consistent with Mm -hmm. my emails. So that's my badge. But uh, you do get some really great conversations with people when they email you back and say, oh, hey, this is this has really resonated with me and this happened to me in my business a little while ago and, and you get to engage with them at a completely different one-on-one level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. and that's exactly it. You, you do get to go deeper in your relationship and nurturing uh, the relationship that you have with your ideal client and ultimately they get a lot more from you the further that they move through yeah. that traffic flow. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then the last one, number seven. Number seven, building the foundations. So Mm. when I say building the business foundations, I'm talking about setting up all of the nuts and bolts that will help you grow a long-term business. So once you have these in place, you'll have a clearer picture of your business and you'll see how the business pieces align and really work harmoniously together and feed off each other to help you grow your business. So the foundations ultimately that you're putting in place today and you're 
getting clearer about your business and your structure, that's all helping support and prepare you for the lifestyle that you're seeking. So we all started businesses for a purpose. Perhaps Mm. it's a freedom lifestyle. Perhaps it's to escape the corporate life. Whatever it is, we want to create a business that suits that lifestyle that we're wanting. And by having these foundations in place, we're better able to do that. Yeah, something that... I think it's really important for us all to keep in mind that we're here in the day-to-day, sometimes feels like a bit of a grind, but we're here for a reason. And the reason that we're here is usually something along the lines of that financial and lifestyle freedom that we're after. And whatever that looks like for you or the next person or the next person could be completely different for each and every person. But ultimately, we're here for a, a a bigger reason, a bigger purpose, and all of the hard yards that we put in today, it's all just, yes, step-by-step building us up to a position where we can actually hopefully one day appreciate and live that lifestyle. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Mm. So knowing your why really does help shape your business, who you're serving and why. Yeah. So no, great advice. The 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 steps that kind of make up those business foundations um, overlap somewhat with the elements that we've gone through, but they kind of sh- they're shaped this way. So the first one is getting clear about what your business is. This is for your benefit and for the growth of your business. Um, number two, knowing your ideal client. So that's the ideal. That's the overlap. Three, being really clear about your brand. Four, having the tools and tech in place to support you as you grow. Um, Five, knowing your market so you know exactly how you can stand out and how to be different. Um, Number six, getting clear about how you will be making money. That's that's something you will know about, Jen. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Number seven, putting in place a clear marketing strategy to help you really build your visibility, your community and your authority. And number eight, knowing how you will turn your potential client into a paid client. Yeah. That really does sum up all of the different elements in a business that need to be working together in flow in order for you to really achieve the potential in your business. Yeah. So for me, I Mm. think of a business as an ecosystem where all of the pieces need to work together to really work well and to grow and thrive. Mm. That's a really great way to think of it. Love it. Yeah. Wow. We have gone through so much stuff today, but I feel like it's it's digestible and I feel like it's the kind of podcast that any of you out there listening to will get some benefit out of rewinding and listening back over some of the uh some of the steps that we've gone through and thinking about them really practically how it is that you can put this into your business, how it is that you can start to build your business by working through these steps one by one by one and and maybe even giving yourself a grade out of 10, you know, how out of 10, how are you, how good are you with step number one, being consistent and persistent and determined? 
out of 10, how good are you at knowing who you serve? Out of 10, number three, how well are you establishing your authority and being known for something? So I feel as though as somebody who's potentially sitting here listening to this and thinking, okay, well, that's a lot of information. How do I get that into my business? Hit rewind and listen again and get the notepad out and really have a think about what it is you're doing in your business to maximize each and every one of these really important areas in your business. Thanks so much, Simran, for sharing all of that. It's yeah, been really helpful, I'm sure, for a lot of people listening. No, it's and it's it's really important to always go back to it's so very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day grind but forget the big picture vision Uh, so Mm. every so often go back to these seven steps because these are the foundational type uh, elements that you should be looking at not all the time and you may just you might feel overwhelmed at this point but you might think oh my goodness I can't possibly uh, be actioning every single element that we've gone through today that's okay Mm. it's totally fine go back it'll come in time exactly find find out how you can make your business better with these seven elements and then work your way through it but what's important to sort of leave as a takeaway is just knowing that doesn't matter what your size following is today you can definitely land clients you can definitely grow a big business and once you land one client or two clients you know you've got a solid business in place to be able to grow further yeah that's a great way to finish i love the fact that we don't need to hang around and wait and wait for you know thousands of followers and big huge email lists and everything that goes with it that everybody else seems to talk about so Let's hope that maybe one day you'll even get there, but let's not focus too much on that. Let's do all of the basics right to start with. And I think this is going to be a really great way for you to get started. Simran, where can people find you? Tell us about uh, your website. Where Where is it that people can find you? Okay. So I am on Instagram. So my handle is Simran K. Singh. It's a very original <laughs> business name. It's actually just my name. Uh, I also have uh, a blog, which is a really great resource for new business owners. So head to simrankasing.co and you'll be led uh, through to my blog and you'll find a wealth of resources there for you to really dive into. And in I'm guessing you'll put these in the show notes, Jen. I would, um, definitely will, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a free download available as well, which is the three easy ways to elevate your brand presence and land your first clients. And this is a really tactical guide. So they just it's just very action-based that you can actually read through it. It's not very long and then you can start actioning immediately uh, to help build your brand presence and really start elevating your, your visibility, community and authority online. And then ultimately your bank account. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I love it. Thanks so much for joining us. I know that everyone's going to get so much out of this. Uh, I am looking forward to hearing any feedback that any of you have on all of this and how it is that you are able to build some of this into your business. Any successes that you have, make sure you let me know because there's some really exciting stuff here for you. And I'm quite sure that Simran would be more than happy for any of you to reach out to her as well. Yes. So, from you. 
Absolutely. Thanks so much. Wherever you are in the world, have a fantastic week and we shall talk again soon. Thanks for that, Simran. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Simply Smarter Numbers. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love to hear from you. Come and join the conversation online. You'll find Simply Smarter Numbers on Instagram, Facebook, and more. Just head to simplysmarternumbers.com and you'll find all that you need there. Simply Smarter Numbers is dedicated to you getting the results that you deserve in your business. And I'm honored that you tuned in.